Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Truth is, I really can't give away that information for free all the time. I thought they were asking whether they should leave their wife. That too. Well, go to my bookie. Check it out. They'll give you lines on all games. You can bet any sport. It's wonderful. You don't need me to talk to you. The Greek doesn't have to be in your ear all the time. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on any deposit over $100. You can use promo code MIZ25. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take advantage of this extra 25 bucks. You play, you win, you get paid. Take it from the Greek. My bookie is the way to go. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazzotcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazzotcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is Urban Meyer's heart doctor, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And the Porter family physician, Caleb Bungart. Hello, kids. You might notice we sound a little different this week. Uh, I was gone all weekend, so the boys had to wait on me to record. It's now Monday night. They're in uh, Caleb's sex dungeon at his place over the magic of the internet. But uh, joining us now, we're having a real-life podcast. And, Brandon, let me tell you this. I've been in a lot of sex dungeons, but this one is the nicest. Classy. <laughs> I believe it. I mean, uh, Caleb doesn't do anything half-assed. He no, I mean, the assortment of butt plugs alone is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, Caleb's always been a fetishist when it comes to the asshole. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know you could get KY jelly in a 55-gallon drum. <laughs> At least I didn't know that until tonight. I had to put a skylight in my house to get it in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, fellas, we're here to celebrate a Missouri Tiger homecoming victory as they defeated the Memphis Tiger 65-33. to and, uh, you know, the spread was 10, and I think a lot of us were saying, oh, that looks like a big one. It, it was started at 8, and then went to 9, went to 10, and I'm like, why do they think we can win? I guess it turned out because we can win. Yeah, I think we're a little down on ourselves too much. You know what I mean? Like, we should be able to beat Memphis by 10 or more points. And the fact that nobody seemed to think that was plausible in Missouri's universe kind of speaks to how we maybe too quickly go to doom and gloom uh, for this uh, football team. 
Like it's everything is the worst because we lost three games that we probably should have lost. Yeah. Well, I think we lost one of those games we shouldn't have lost. And yes. then that made the other two that we were supposed to lose look even, even worse. I think it, it, the, the problems we saw against Georgia and Alabama when we were guaranteed to have problems of some sort, it just were magnified when we lost to South Carolina. When we made those mistakes against Georgia and Alabama looked super bad against South Carolina because it was now it's three straight weeks of doing that dumb thing. But, yeah. uh, you know, we, we did lose those three straight games. The way we lost is how, it, you know, those self-inflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. That, the, the way we lost is what really, I think, had people in such a dour mood. And I think people have been used to it for a long time. You know, since Barry Odom's been here, we've seen a lot of self-inflicted wounds and bad defense. And then when we lose three straight games due to self-inflicted wounds and bad defense, I mean, granted, our callers, they go straight to angry and rage and get the pitchforks and the torches out, and they wanted Barry's head. But there was a lot of talk within the media about Barry Odom's tenure at Mizzou and what he needed to do to keep his job. I mean, he went, he goes from zero to hot seat really fast. It happened last year and it's happening this year. And I think part of it is not just the type of play that we've seen on the field. I also think it's the fact that he's the lowest paid coach in the SEC. So if we do fire him, it's not like we're Arkansas and we're paying three fucking coaches millions of dollars. We're not stuck paying out that much money. You know, it, it's easier for us to fire a guy than it is for another team that uh, is on the hook for seven years, millions of dollars. He did what he was supposed to do Saturday and beat Memphis. You know, it's nothing exceptional. Yeah, TJ Moe plants his flag in the ground with this game and tells us that Barry Odom will be the coach for the next 25 years. And to TJ Moe's everlasting credit, uh, he's right that Barry Odom has picked it up on the recruiting front. But I don't think anybody who's down on Barry right now looks at a win against Memphis and goes, well, problem solved. He's got it all figured out now. Because, again, it's the way we lose. It's the, the lack of discipline. It's the constantly shooting ourselves in the foot. You know, until that stuff clears up, people are going to be very skeptical about it. And it's also, you know, this gets pegged on Drew Lockie a lot, but it's also the team in general. We look like two entirely different teams when we play lesser schools and then when we play the big boys. I mean, when we play a team like Memphis, who has its own struggles, we look like all fucking world. And people are like, oh, Missouri, watch out for that offense. And, oh, they can really play. And, then, of course, we, we wilt whenever we play Georgia and Alabama, but – you know, that's not just on Drew Locke. That's the team as a whole. Like, we can't fall apart. We are clearly a good enough team where we can whip the shit out of bad teams. But why can't we just compete with the good team? There's this discrepancy there, and it all falls on Drew Locke and a lot, a lot of people's minds. But it shouldn't. It's another problem with the Barry Odom era. At least for me personally, and, and maybe you'll correct me because you've uh, paid attention to the Mizzou football longer than me, mostly because you're fucking old. But um, have we ever done what Purdue did and knock off Ohio State? You know, we never do well, that. We don't go beat Alabama. We don't beat – you know what I mean? Like, well, we did – 2010, we beat Oklahoma, who was number one in the country. We did it oh, – right. we, were, we were a good football team. We were definitively in yeah. – you know, nobody was saying, like, wow, we're a dog and there's no way we can win that game. 2007, Nebraska? I don't know. 2003, Nebraska? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they talk about Memphis last year beating like LSU and they talk about, you know, non-power five schools every year jump up and win a big game against a big power five opponent they're not supposed to. Mizzou never does that. You know, mm-hmm. Mizzou 
Mizzou comes close, and then Scott Frost throws a pass that somebody kicks into another receiver's arms and scores a touchdown at the end of a game. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Mizzou comes close to doing that, but I just it's there's not a big moment in my mind that sticks out and goes, "Wow, Mizzou really did that." At least, certainly not recently. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, those moments are few and far between in general. I mean, they happen maybe once or twice a year in all of college football. But you're right. I mean, Missouri does seem to wilt under pressure, and we we play down to the competition, all those types of things that we just. Keep Keep us middle, you know, muddled in the middle somewhere. And, and this game really doesn't, it's like the early games. It doesn't tell us anything. I'm glad we did win. Um, And also it should be said that we started to do Missouri things and we let Memphis score 17 straight points after we built the second quarter. Uh But unlike those last three games, we fought back and we poured it on afterwards and we got past that lull where we were sticking our uh, boot up our own assholes and we ended up pulling away you know we didn't do that against south carolina we didn't do that alabama georgia obviously so at least that has turned around against a team like memphis where we were doing bad things and we can still right the ship and we don't just spiral down the drain which it feels like that's what we've been doing in the past our defense played better yesterday hiring with indeed your search is over if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Today, and I'm sure that's partially the result of a playing a team that's not that good yeah but no i remember and it's partially the best player on their team got hurt in the first quarter their uh, running back henderson was out and that that makes our defense look better obviously too but like there's a number 21 christian holmes it's the first time i've seen a defensive back from missouri play and i go that guy did a good job on that play like i saw him in several plays like maybe he's just having a good game or maybe three years from now when he's a senior we'll go or two years We'll go, wow, that guy's really good. I don't know what he is, but I was, it was the first time all season I went, wow, somebody on our defensive backfield, like. <laughs> Maybe he's Emmanuel Hall of the defensive backfield. Yeah, you know, hopefully, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting, I'm not stating that's going to happen, but I, I just remember yesterday going, wow, that 21 kid, whoever that is, he's playing pretty well. Yeah. No, we still did have some, uh, breakdowns in the secondary as oh, we sure, do. For sure. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. Uh, and and then we obviously we have we can't talk about this game and not mention Albert O. I mean, what a fuck, what a stud he really is. And I and think they had no answer for that. Every time they ran that play action, everybody bit, and he would just run free. Yeah, you know that is something. I think that play alone is sort of a difference maker between the good teams and the bad teams because when we play bad teams, they cannot stop that play. Just can't no. do it. I've seen that play score a touchdown a million times, and when we play Alabama. He can't even be open. Or, or South Carolina, really. South Carolina had Albert O tied up. He didn't do much against them, and, and we tried that thing. But uh, anyway, it, it, it in the bad team. Roundtree is running the ball the way he did Saturday. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes it makes it uh, hard for a team not to bite when Roundtree's running like that. Yeah, no kidding. You know, and everybody thinks you know. New, thought Crockett was going to be the, the the bell cow or whatever you call it of this running game, and really, they really seem to have leaned on Roundtree more than Crockett. Yeah, it, it is interesting, and, and I thought Crockett would be the guy this year when he came back, but but Roundtree has sort of taken the mantle as number one, although it's a it's very close between number one and number two. Yeah, and I mean Crockett is still getting meaningful snaps, no doubt, but. Um, it just Roundtree seems to be if you're gonna if you're gonna have a starter or a, the feature back so to speak it seems to be Roundtree and not Crockett and I wish they would give Beatty more opportunities. I can't get run. Yeah. Yeah. No, he is fast and he's got the most I think just flash. You know what I mean? Like when he gets the ball, he explodes past the line of scrimmage in a way that certainly uh, we never saw with Ish Witter, who was a, a similar small back. But uh, Beatty, he he moves quickly and and he's it's such great thing to have three options at uh, running back and you're satisfied with all of them I mean how long has it been since we've had that well I think that that goes to um, the offensive line play as well I mean the offensive line has kept Drew Locke relatively clean they've made holes for running backs all season I mean this Odom led Mizzou team has many problems but the offensive line has never been one of them Mm -hmm. well it's it's funny I think it's hard to remember because we're seven weeks into this season eight if you count the bye but the worst performances we had from the running backs were like the first two weeks in the season against the shittiest teams we played. We A running game really didn't do too much. I mean, we were getting like four yards a carry or something, three yards a carry from the running backs. And then we were, Drew Locke was throwing for 600 yards a game, so it didn't matter. But we were a little concerned out of the gate that the running back core wasn't showing up. And now that's completely obliterated. They're doing great work, you know, and, and been the difference in a lot of these games. But the thing about, you know, just this game in general is it's great that we won. We were supposed to win. We did. But ultimately, it doesn't much matter. It wasn't a conference game. We're still 0-3 in conference. Next week, we play Kentucky, who's ranked nationally, and we're favored in that game. I don't know if you guys saw, but that, the spread I last saw was like 6.5 points. Really kind of shocked me. That is going to be the game that determines whether our season's still on the right track or whether it's going to be on the wrong track. Because we win that one, we're five and three. We're a game away from bowl eligibility. We've got a win over a ranked opponent under our belt, and we've got a conference win. I mean, that is—I don't think it can be overstated how big of a game this is coming up. Yeah, I think is Kentucky number fourteen in the nation right now. Is that, that, am I right about that? Well, when you have one loss, that's what happens. Yeah, that's right. And you know they beat Florida early, and Florida's looking good now. You know that didn't look like as good of a win as it is. I mean, it certainly did for Kentucky. Kentucky fans because they hadn't beaten Florida in 30 years, but you know Florida kind of looked like shit early, and they keep winning and winning and winning now. So mm-hmm. I, you know I think that helps Kentucky. They haven't lost, even though they kind of sputtered against Vanderbilt. They still got the win, five and one, six and one. Like yeah, they're ranked high. It'd be nice to spoil their season. It would be great to spoil their season because fuck Kentucky. They're Kentucky. Exactly. Well, let's hear what the listeners had to say with the old mailbag. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. So I'm in Harpo. Sorry for the background noise, but fuck everyone who thought that Memphis is actually good. Thought that one fucking point UCF. Who the fuck has UCF been? Dog shit university at the best. So I mean, UCF is no one. It's all reaction over the fact they. Wow, he was so excited his phone went to shit. Yeah, apparently. Yay, yay, yay! They beat another blood donor. whoop de doop de doo Barry Odom has proven over time and time again he can't beat a team with a pulse. Who cares? All this does is prolong us having Odom as the coach. 
Yay, they won. So now they're four and three. They might make what? The independent bowl? The toilet bowl? Who cares? They're just another no-name bowl. Excited for that toilet bowl. How can we not have a better corner than DeMarcus fucking Ace? He's so bad. Am I the... <laughs> I think we had a fuck AC. You know, people getting mad at AC every single week we had voicemails. Well, fellas, we uh, should win this motherfucker finally. Um, I don't really have much to say that uh, <laughs> we should have won, and we will win, and... I don't know what else to say, but uh, God bless and fuck Kansas. I agree with all that. Mm-hmm, sure. Memphis suck ass. Go fucking Tigers! Memphis is the Tigers also, so... Yeah, yeah. Maybe confused. We're beating the shit out of a team we should beat the shit out of. Yay. <laughs> the excitement level in this fan base. I know. The vo- let's be honest. The voicemails are better when we lose. Yeah, they are. Way to win today, boys. And TJ Mo, look forward to seeing you in that cheerleading outfit doing that victory laps for the next five wins. Quote, unquote. Don't be a douche. <laughs> <laughs> if only he could just... Dis- if only he... Had the ability not to be one. It's not something he decides about. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Tiger can't change its stripes. Happy. I'm happy. We won at homecoming. I liked the weird rock helmets. But at the back of my mind, I am, uh, I'm afraid that we are getting uh, some wool pluralized eyes on the lesser competition that was Memphis. And then we're going to go to Kentucky next week, and it's going to be the same old shit show hot dog water. Hot dog water. And it was the last three weeks. I mean, it's good winning. I'm happy. Maybe if you, I feel a lot better today than I felt last week after the game. There was still just a lot of inconsistency on defense in that secondary, and the penalty shoot ourselves in the foot was still there, but we were to overcome a lot like the first three games of the year. Be it Debbie Downer still on a team fire Odom. So, uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> it's team fire Odom, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. He hasn't won him over just yet. Yeah. Okay, first off, I'd like to say that uh, this really sucks for John Fay. I mean, he came back uh, oh, to the NBA to play for us. And um, uh, anyway, I just wish him the best of luck and hope he recovers soon. Now, as my thoughts, um, what the fuck? I mean, did Mizzou fuck someone's mother and then not call her back at some point? I mean, somebody really just fucked up in the past, and we're all just paying for it. I mean, good grief. We just can't get away from this shit. I'm saying all this in my kids' Catholic school parking lot, by the way. Um, anyway, I love the show. You guys do a great job, so keep it up. <laughs> Five Hail Marys. Yeah. <laughs> Call me in the morning. Yeah, oh, we'll get into the, uh, we'll get into the big news that happened after the game, uh, after we get through with these voicemails, but, uh, here, we've got one more, guys. Since Jonte Porter is out for the season now and all my basketball dreams are dashed, what are the chances that we finally see Hall and Brown again this week against Kentucky? Because uh, now I'm kind of putting all my chips back into football because I don't think that a firepower to compete in basketball without Jonte. So, and that was that. He uh, just disappeared. Well, you should yeah. never put all your chips in one basket for Missouri basketball to start with. He needs that lesson. Well, and um, I think it was a terrible idea to hold this secret scrimmage in the north end zone. I mean, you're just asking for something bad to happen. Yeah, that's uh, that's 
no, nothing good has ever happened there, and it was really a questionable call that they would do any basketball-related activities in the north end zone of the football field. Yeah, well, that's why. I mean, I don't know that that's the way it happened, but I'm just assuming based on the uh, the outcome that had to be where they were scrimmaging at. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Tell me what your thoughts are. I mean, we're not Rockham Nation. We don't uh, start talking about basketball and forget about football halfway through the football season. But this is pretty huge news, and f- basketball is around the corner. It seems fucking unbelievable that what would happen to Michael Porter Jr. two minutes into his first game, and then before the season even fucking starts with Jonte Porter, the this MCL ACL tear that ends his essentially ends his career at Mizzou. It's just kind of expected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, people are numb about it. I mean, it's it's crazy when you go on Twitter or just listen to the radio. Like Mizzou fans, are just like, yeah, what's next? You're like, what's new? You know, something really great is uh, that should have been awesome for us is is you know nose dived and turned into a botched back alley abortion. You know, what's 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 new? I yeah. wouldn't offer the rest of the Porter kids any scholarships because they'll just dash our fucking dreams. It well, is about what they're costing us healthcare alone. This university <laughs> is going to go belly up. Ridiculous. <laughs> it is sad. I mean, I, I, I do feel bad for Jonte and all the, I mean, every Porter kid has had some sort of devastating injury. And it really, I mean, from a business standpoint, it's hard on Jonte as well because it just really kind of complicates his road to the NBA now. Well, and you ever hear any of those dickheads who get mad at players for sitting out or moving on early? This is why. Absolutely. You know, Jonte could be in the NBA right now. Instead, he's destroyed his knee in college basketball. You know, you yes. may get him back though because of it. It could be like Lawrence Bowers. You know, you he yeah. may not be the same player, but you may get him back. I Let's just don't, I don't doubt. I, all right, I doubt that because I I just don't think a guy who's had this kind of injury is going to risk it again. If he's got a road to the NBA, he's not going to. I just don't. It, I think it'll all depend on his draft stock. But this is why the players need to be paid. This is why you know forcing them to go to college is silly. I don't know if you guys saw the Ohio State kid, Bosa, who we're projecting as like a top five pick and a defensive player for Ohio State who basically got injured early in the season and now says, I'm not coming back. I'm just not doing it. I'm just going to yeah. get prepared for the draft. Yeah. And of course, most people are like, well, that's sort of pragmatic when you're going to be a top five draft pick and you're going to make millions of dollars. Of course, Ohio State fans are not happy about it. Right. Um, and it's just like, but, but you know what? He doesn't get paid to be at Ohio State. Everybody's like, oh, he gets a scholarship. That's worth something. Fuck you. You know yeah. what I mean? Is he supposed to turn his nose up to a giant contract? Yeah. You know, and and the, I'll be all, back to play Michigan. You yeah. know, fuck that. And and the people who are bitching about it, most of them will extol the virtues of capitalism to anybody who will lend them an ear any other time. But then in this situation, they want the players to fucking take zero money. Like they absolutely would not do if they were in that situation. Yeah, well, you know, I was paying for my college my freshman year. Someone would have offered me five million to sell furniture. I'd have probably taken it. Yeah, no shit. Oh, <laughs> uh, you would. You don't want to know what I would do for those opportunities. No. <laughs> well, guys, why don't we take our first break for the day and come back, and we've got uh, all the all the goodies. Kansas news, round the horn. Who Pretty fucking knows? Yes, sir. Side note: If they want to see you do those things, they just they need to go no further than a truck stop at Kingdom City. <laughs> yeah, and I do it for a lot less than a uh, lottery pick offer. Yeah. His phone number is written on the inside of a, uh, one of the bathroom stalls. It won't be under Brennan. It'll be under the human toilet, but the number goes straight to Brennan. That's right. Well, Colin, I wish you wouldn't give up my secrets, but since you have, at human toilet. <laughs> at Gmail. <laughs> All right, let's get to the break. This is the Mazotcast. Stop. 
stop. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway. 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix. Phones fixed fast. I saw a brighter light It was a moment when you came into my life And I knew I really had to make you mine Only love I've ever known And what we had was ours With beauty like I'd never ever seen before And we are back. This song comes to us from a Mizzou student named Savon Hayes. His group Purple Sky brought us this song. It's called Broken, and it's their first single. So uh, thanks for sending it in. If you've got music to send, you can send it to mizodcast at gmail.com. As we do every week, we don't just look at what happens in the state of Missouri, but we also check to the west at our neighbors in Kansas. It's time for Kansas News. I always heard there were three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, Sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. Stolen in Kansas, 10-foot-long inflatable human colon. (laughs) Why would somebody steal a giant inflatable model of a human colon? Officials at the University of Kansas Cancer Center do not know. They just want it back. The inflatable colon valued it. You guys want to take a stab at the guess of what a giant inflatable colon will cost you? Set a man back. Well, I'm going to say $16,000. Caleb? $785. Well, we're going to split the difference here. It was $4,000 colon. A four. Well, I'm uh, imagining an inflatable colon looks a lot like what I've seen sold on uh, in, in pornographic magazines called like pocket pussies or something like that. So is there a chance... That this man thought this was some sort of object he could stick his you know, genitals into to achieve uh, some satisfying end. Well, it was a it's a ten foot tall giant colon. So. Ooh, he's a big fella. <laughs> yeah, um, it's possible. I'm running of a man. I'm not familiar with the uh, with the products from which you speak or the fleshlight. I'm not familiar with that either. <laughs> but but uh, it's possible he could have mistaken those things. So the uh, the four thousand dollar colon was taken from the bed of a pickup truck parked in a parking lot outside the Kansas hospital. The inflatable colon was owned by the Cancer Coalition and is used as an educational tool to teach people about colon cancer. Oh, so it's not used for intercourse. <laughs> not um, well. It doesn't say that, but uh, we'll. I mean, it could be. It's a dual purpose, right? Sure. It was in the hospital area for a run walk event scheduled Saturday. It's like a vape pen. They tell you it's for nicotine, but you could use it for other things theoretically. Or a butthole. They tell you that it's supposed to just poop out stuff. Well, you can put (laughs) stuff in it too. (laughs) The butt plugs in the sex dungeon are proof of that. Uh, (laughs) Kim, that's why we have you on the show for that kind of wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> colorectal cancer screening is the most powerful weapon we have against colorectal cancer, said John Ashcraft, DO, surgical oncologist at the University of Cancer, University of Kansas Cancer Center. I mistook the word cancer in Kansas, and I don't know if it's that big a difference. Yeah, sure. Said in a press release Friday, colon cancer is a tough subject for many to talk about, and the giant 150 pound, 10 foot long inflatable colon is a great conversation starter. Yeah, I'll bet. It's going to show up at the at some methed out backwoods daycare center in uh, Wichita within the next week. 
Yeah, and don't run a black light over it when you find it. <laughs> the Cancer Coalition ships the item across the country for walkers and runners to see and learn about the progression of colon cancer in a unique way, according to a press release. Anyone who finds a giant inflatable colon, please call the Kansas authorities. How do you want to? Talk about how you get a 150-pound, 10-foot colon out of where it is. I mean, that's not an easy thing to walk away with and not get spotted, I would think. Maybe they flew away with it in a dust storm like Joe Dirt. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, imagine they use the inflatable colon as like a, as like a hot air balloon. And you're just floating above Kansas. I mean, it, like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. There's president for it in that state. <laughs> that's right. It's not the first time. Farting felon pleads guilty to federal gun and drug charge in Kansas. A man who's all, I mean, to be to be honest, aren't all felons farting felons? <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose so. Yeah, you could just add in breathing felon. <laughs> yeah, blinking felon. <laughs> well, let's get deeper into this story. A man whose flatulence-filled police interview is memorialized in court documents pleaded guilty Monday to federal gun and drug charges. Sean Sykes Jr. was charged last year in U.S. District Court in Kansas with the possession uh, and intent to sell cocaine, heroin, and marijuana, and with being a felon in possession of three firearms, two of which were reported stolen. On Monday, Sykes pleaded guilty to drug possessions charge and a charge of using a firearm furtherance of drug crime. The charges stem from a September 2017 drug stop. Sykes was a passenger in a car, and officers found a backpack with drugs and guns, including a 357 Magnum, that had been reported stolen. Kansas police detective who interviewed Sykes wrote in his report that when he asked Sykes about his address, Mr. Sykes leaned to one side of his chair and released a loud fart before answering with his address. Mr. Sykes continued to be flatulent, and I ended the interview, the detective wrote. Sykes will be sentenced at a later date after a pre-sentence report is completed. To be fair, he probably thought it was going to be silent. <laughs> well... <laughs> with a deadly weapon. Uh -huh. Maybe it was a good tactic. It, it did end the interview, it sounded like, with the police detective. You know, in, in lieu of having a lawyer, you know, if he's going to get a Kansas lawyer, you're probably not going to get much more help than just making fart sounds. Yeah, I'm going to try that next time I get arrested. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to go to the pokey anyway, you might as well stink it up for everybody, like just as kind of a middle finger. If you really want the cops to stay away from you, don't just fart. You shit your pants. Well, that's what you do when you're in jail. Wipe it all over your butthole. <laughs> Caleb, tell us more about buttholes. Yeah. <laughs> well, this show's got a theme. When you're looking at what I'm looking at, that's all you're thinking about is the old brown eye. <laughs> Porch camera shows man smashing pumpkins in broad daylight. Kansas family wants him to apologize. Lawrence, Kansas. One man says pranksters have gone too far at his house this Halloween season. It happened to Chris Leiser's family every October. It's been going on the last few years. Inevitably, someone comes and smashes my pumpkins in the middle of the night. And last year, a giant grim reaper that was hanging in the porch for the holiday season was stolen. So he decided to install porch cameras to keep an eye on his house. It's unsettling. We love Halloween. We always make a big deal out of it. Or at least we try to. It really spoils it for us, said Lizer. He said the prank left a mess and it crossed the line, so he decided to upload the video of the man along with a photo of his two upset sons. I'd love for this guy to come to my house and see my kids face-to-face -to, -face to apologize to him, Chris said. Well, I don't think that would accomplish anything, honestly. Yeah, I don't really think that the guy who comes to his house... I'd like to think it's the same guy every year, and let's be honest, yeah. it's not a guy, it's a 15-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I don't want that person talking to my kids. It's probably, a bro it's probably his brother-in-law or something. What are the odds that it is his kids? 
Dude, yeah. That would be the best. Yeah. <laughs> like, God, Dad's so weird about Halloween. Let's beat break the shit on our porch. I'm sick of it. Yeah. See, if, if you're gonna fuck with the neighbors' pumpkins, you got to bust yours too. I mean, that's right. Coming to your house. God, you learn something new on this podcast every week. Well, I know this because when we were kids, we used to put shits on people's porches. <laughs> then they came to our house and said, "Hey, there's no shit on your porch," so we took a shit on our porch. <laughs> and nice. and nice. who wins in that scenario, though, Caleb? Who wins? Everybody wins. <laughs> <laughs> and one last thing on this. But you know who wins in that scenario? What's Our that? listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb, just to make it a perfect streak for all the Kansas news, where did that shit come from? A butthole. That's right. That's what I was hoping for. All right. Speaking of Kansas news and buttholes, we got one last piece for you. Did the Kansas Jayhawks play football this weekend, Caleb? They played the Texas Tech Red Raiders in mm-hmm. football this weekend. Well, they're not that good this year. Surely Kansas had a chance. No, oh, they lost 48 to 16. 48 to 16. That's worse than we lost to Alabama, the number one team in the nation. I don't understand Kansas either. So they have the one of the best basketball programs ever. Pay their kids very, very well. Yeah. Sponsored by Adidas, same company that does football. Why can't they pay their kids on the football team and get good ones? Why can't they? You know, I don't understand. Maybe Adidas doesn't want anything to do with their football program. I guess. Yeah. But they're you, terrible. You think at some point they could do something? I mean, they're clearly not afraid to break laws, rules, have no moral compass whatsoever. It would really jumpstart the program. Maybe Bill Self should coach football, and then they'd start getting some recruits. Yeah, I think that's probably what it comes down to. Bill Self doesn't care about football, thus they don't pay the football players. Yeah, he just cares about being a super-duper douchebag. <laughs> He's accomplished that mission. Yeah, I mean, those, he, Bill Self's name's come up uh, quite a few times in this FBI probe, I guess. I don't know what you call it, where... They're uh, investigating what is the seedy underbelly of college basketball. And it is fucking seedy. I mean, they talk about all these bribes, not just to Kansas, but to all these other programs. And they discuss it as if it's just been going on forever and ever and ever. And it's not even a thing. And it's gigantic bribes. And the thing that gets me is that they really beat the shit out of kids. The NCAA it does for just like signing an autograph or doing really piddly shit. Yet Kansas can pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to its players and scot-free. No problem whatsoever. Nothing will happen to them. Nothing. I 100% believe that to be true. I like how the Kansas City media is taking the stance of everybody's doing it. Lay off. You know, that's like... Sam Mellinger is like literally writing articles about how broken the uh, NCAA system is. Yeah. It's like, what brought that up? You know, <laughs> like, don't hate the player, hate the game, man. Yeah. That's what he's saying. And in this pl- case, the player is Bill Self. <laughs> right. Don't, but don't hate, hate him. Player, hate the game, you know. Yeah. Bill's just playing by the rules, you know. Yeah. He's so, just doing what he has to to keep up with this crooked, crooked game. That's totally not his fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a, that's the, that is the exact point. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, I didn't want to drive 85, officer, but everybody else was driving 85, so it would have been unsafe for me not to. Yeah. Like I said, don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, absolutely. That has been Kansas News. Well, fellas, what do you say we uh, head back into the break, come out and do some SEC around the horn? There was a lot of good football this weekend. Sure. All right. This is the Mazodcast. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. And I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine. And that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year they pump out over 50 
unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly Beer as a Mazadcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazadcast fan, a true Missourian, and a true American, buy you some Schlafly Beer and get blackout, piss drunk, responsibly. Schlafly Beer. But I fell off the wagon. And we are back. This song is called Clean Living. It's by the band Bald Eagle. Send in your music. We'll get it on the show. Mazodcast at gmail.com. And as we do every week, we're going to take a look at our SEC brethren in SEC Around the Horn. We, we, we break our bread and Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. Built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Jesus loves football. Colin, does the does the Finebot have remote start up capabilities? He brought him with him. Oh, he's there. Mm-hmm. My Get- dog's humping his leg right now. <laughs> well, Colin, fire him up for us. Will do. Nick Saban, Nick Saban. I keep him in my car so I can use the carpool lane. (laughs) Smart. That's just smart. The diamond lane. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Who you got for us this week, Caleb? First up, Auburn played Ole Miss. I think you were there for that game. I was there. I saw every second of it. Uh, Did you love it? I loved the Grove, and I loved Ole Miss and Oxford and the whole experience, but uh, Auburn beat the crap out of Ole Miss, and they don't have much fight left in them, the the Rebs. 31 to the most shocking part of that outcome is that Brennan had a girlfriend. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> he's, he's been able to stop trying to teach his cat to dial 911. <laughs> I haven't stopped. you got to have an insurance policy, Colin. Yeah, yeah. That, that one was ugly. And it was a game, I'll say, that a lot of people thought that Ole Miss might be able to catch Auburn because Auburn's been in sort of a free fall. Been but, a garbage mess, a hot, hot garbage mess. Hot, hot garbage. That's right, but uh, it turns out the Ole Miss defense can write the ship for about any offense. So I was listening to a show today that was predicting that uh, Gus Malzahn will be shit canned this off season and that they will hire Jeff Brom from Purdue. I don't agree. Yeah, well, Jeff Brom's stock went way up this week. Yes, it sure did. Yeah. <laughs> got to take advantage of that. You could just leave school if you're a kid. You can't, but if you're a coach, you get the fuck out of there. Well, the best yeah. the best tweet of the day I saw about that is like, lucky for uh, Urban Meyer, he won't remember this. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, he'll he'll delete it from his memory. Um, yeah, the, I was actually talking to some Auburn fans when I was down there at the Grove, and they said that if he were to lose that game at Ole Miss, that would have been the straw that broke the camel's back, and we wouldn't have seen Gus Malzahn in the end of the season for Auburn. They would have gotten rid of him mid-season. So uh, he, they say he salvaged his job this week. You know, Is the, that all it takes? The fans are always right. Well, I'm sure he could still lose it, but he he bought himself a week. Mm. Were you talking to fans or bloggers? <laughs> it's, it's really tough to tell the difference sometimes, okay. Caleb. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, on to the next game. We had Tulsa and Arkansas. That was one of my uh, my bets this week. Arkansas came through 23 to Dick. Arkansas. Dicked him, yeah. That was one in the plus column for you, wasn't it, Caleb? It was. I went 3-2 and two this week, so we didn't do bad. Not too bad. You're Above 500 is always a win. Yes, sir. 
And uh, next was a miserable, terrible fucking showing from Mississippi State against LSU. LSU won 19-3. to Yeah, their miserable, no-good day. Uh, Mississippi's quarterback finished the day with 14 yards. <laughs> wow. 14 yards. Those are Kirk Farmer type numbers. <laughs> he had, he had four right completions, and I think, if I remember right, four or five interceptions. Wow. Hot garbage. You better believe it. <laughs> yeah, even Paul agrees. Yeah, that is that is miserable. That was kind of an ugly game. I was watching some of that, and uh, it was slow and just a drudge. You know, like Mississippi State obviously couldn't get in the end zone, but neither could LSU. They just kept hitting field goals, hitting field goals, and slowly, methodically put them away. I only watch that game to watch Ogeron give an interview after it's over with. LSU is uh, strange in that one week they look like world beaters, and the next week they have to field goal kick Mississippi State to death. Right. I'm like, or be beat what by is this team? Yeah, and they've been that way for a while. They're good. They're better than Georgia, you know, but I don't know. You're right. I don't know what to think of them. They give me a lot more trepidation than, say, an Alabama does or a Clemson even. They play up to competition, I believe. Kind of like Ohio State did. Yeah. Well, next we have Alabama and Tennessee. And, Alabama. Uh, Alabama. T- Tennessee put up 21 points, but Alabama happened to put up 58. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bloodletting. And uh, a lot of those points came early for Alabama, as they so often do. That's basically what they do, is they build up an enormous lead, and then they set their world-class quarterback to in the third quarter. I don't think he's played a single fourth quarter yet. Yeah, his stats would be unbelievable if he played four quarters. Yeah. And, of course, we've seen what happens when they do take him out. They put in another world-class quarterback. Yeah, no big deal. Well, last game of the week was the uh, Kentucky and Vanderbilt game, mm-hmm. and Kentucky won that game 14-7. to Yeah, if you're looking for optimism for the Mizzou Tigers, look no further than only beating Vanderbilt by one touchdown and only scoring 14 points on the day. You're right about that. Yeah, that did. That was an interesting game because you know Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. They've played decent against teams like they're, Vanderbilt's not getting blown out by teams, but Vanderbilt's they're just not. Never since we have been in this conference, Vanderbilt has never been the Kansas Jayhawks. Do you know what I mean? Like they've always been like never. They're not going to win anything. They're never very good, but they're never embarrassing. You know what I mean? They're never yeah. like like just like a disaster like a like a Kansas is or a Iowa State. Not sure about that. In Illinois. Did yeah. Derek Mason fight anybody this week? I didn't watch the oh, game. I wish he would have. I'd be the yeah, biggest fan of punch in the face more than March Stoops. <laughs> I was really hoping for that. Derek Mason, was it? Mullen. Mullen fight, yeah. It wouldn't have been much of a fight, though. Come on down. No. I saw that I, like on the SEC Now, they put a tweet out there that they were basically ranking which SEC coaches would win in a physical altercation. And both Barry Odom and Mason were in their, like, top five picks. But in my mind, like, that's just, again, Bessie just just doesn't pay enough attention to Mizzou because I don't feel like there's any doubt in my mind that it's Mason Mason versus Odom with a bullet. You know what I mean? Like, I understand you want to pick Nick Saban, but Nick Saban in real life is, like, 4'11 and weighs 160 pounds. And pushing 70. Pushing 70 years old. Yeah, I mean, fucking Odom takes him apart. You know what I mean? I don't agree. Gus Malzahn's wearing a sweater, guys. You know, <laughs> Barry Odom literally makes him eat that. 
<laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. This conversation is really getting to the point of, of absurdity. Yeah. Hey, ma'am, how do you think the sweater's going to taste? We should just have a whole episode about coaches fighting. Yeah. And what I'm, kind of animal? I think we should ask Barry about that, that poll next time we talk to him. Oh, 100%. What's the animal Barry thinks he can beat up? Yeah. That's a, that's a perfect Barry question. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if this can season you, goes can south. You take a bear. Yeah. If this how season about goes south. Puma. <laughs> <laughs> Not a baby puma, full size puma, full grown adult man puma. Yeah, if uh, if season goes south and we get beat by Kentucky, it may just be all kinds of questions like that for Barry Odom yeah. the rest sure. of the year. The, the game was really interesting though because we're gonna have to play Vanderbilt. We're gonna have to play Kentucky. The fact that Kentucky struggled with Vanderbilt does make me feel a lot better than whenever they were, you know, just rolling over teams that they weren't expected to win early in the season. And obviously, Florida looks good. Mississippi State doesn't look as good when Kentucky beat them. Who knows what will happen, but uh, like I said before, it's going to be a huge, the biggest game so far for Missouri, bar none, in my opinion. Yeah, this is another opportunity. I mean, they shit the bed against South Carolina. you talking about a game that will define what Barry Odom is going to uh, get from the fans this season. I mean, like, if you lose to Kentucky and you do it with a bunch of self-inflicted wounds, I feel like it could be the nail in his coffin. And I don't, sure. don't think that Sturk's going to fire in midseason or anything, but I think it could be like, all right, it's time to try something else. This guy obviously can't get things right. But if he wins it, he's right back off the hot seat, as you said. I mean, he it goes from super hot to uh, tepid very quickly and back. You're so, right about that. Yeah, that, like I said, at that point, we're 5-3 and three and a bowl, like one game away from bowl eligibility. And if we make it to a bowl, I think that's all Barry needs to see season four. Well, and you know that if there's one upside to, to uh, Florida, you know, playing a lot better, it's that if, if, and this is a big if, but if Barry Odom can beat them, boy, it sure looks nice. It sure, it sure mm-hmm. makes up for the fact that you, you know, punched yourself in your own dick playing in South Carolina. <laughs> it sure does. And uh, it really won't matter that we may think Kentucky is not worth a number 14 ranking. The fact that you beat the number 14 team in the country means something at the end of the year. You know, it's, it's not nothing. Yep. They are a really good football team. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Paul. We'll see. And that was it, right, Caleb? Yep. That's all the games this week. So what do we got coming up? We have Vanderbilt. Visiting Arkansas. Oh, this is two turd burgers. Douche and a shit sandwich. Yep, and don't want to vote for either of them. Nope, fuck them both. <laughs> With election season coming around, we got a douche and a turd sandwich. I'm going to go ahead and put Arkansas down for the win, just because they're at home. Arkansas. That, that game. I agree. Arkansas. Next up is actually going to be an interesting one. It's Florida and Georgia at Georgia. Yeah, I take Georgia in this one. I'd probably do the same. Especially because they're at home. I mean, Florida has looked better, but they're certainly a flawed team. I mean, this is a team that got beat by Kentucky, for Christ's sake. They have no quarterback. We talk about it every week. Their only quarterback is playing ball at West Virginia. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Colin, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with Florida. Okay. Uh, Just to mix things up a little bit. I just feel like Georgia's bound to Georgia at some point. You know, they got a Georgia at some point. And we need Florida to win this game because then if we beat Florida – then by the laws of transient property, we beat Georgia. Well, we're already. Isn't that how that works? We're already in the top 25 because by way of beating Purdue, who beat Ohio State. Yeah, we're better than Ohio State. We're better than Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I always want to, I don't ever know whether to hit the incorrect button or not every time you say law of transient property instead of transitive property. Sure. It's, it's just become what it is now, you know? Yeah. 
Transitive property. There you go. Sure. <laughs> okay. Next up, A&M visits Mississippi State. A&M, Mississippi State. Two teams that I've probably followed the least and are the least comfortable making a prediction about. Yeah, I have no fucking idea, but uh, Mississippi State's quarterback got 14 yards, so A&M. Yeah, I'm going to go A&M. Texas, A&M. Yeah, I think let's all go A&M. Fuck it. Let's make it a route. Sounds great. Okay, last game, Tennessee visits South Carolina. Got to go South Carolina. Yeah, Tennessee is a is a dumpster fire. Though I, there seems to be a sentiment, at least on Twitter, that this Pruitt fellow that's coaching them, they're they're very much in his camp. They're yeah, like this guy's bringing us. This guy's is bringing in recruits. He's going to be the next thing. I think he's got the the train on the tracks. And I keep thinking, well, I feel like I've heard that before. Yeah, about a certain coach named uh, Butch Jones. Yeah, you know, we talked to that one guy who predicted Mizzou to get beat by Wyoming. Who was a Tennessee guy, and he just couldn't talk high, more, highly enough about Pruitt, even though he'd not done anything. And it reminded me of when we talked to the South Carolina folks who thought Will Muschamp was the bee's knees, and I'm just like, they drink that Kool Aid so much. Will Muschamp's a bad coach, and Pruitt hasn't done anything yet. And we've heard that same story over and over again about the recruiting with Butch Jones. So I don't it's know why, why aren't they more skeptical? You know, it's why Missouri's a show me state. It's like just by virtue of Tennessee having hired him. He must be the right guy for the job. I Meanwhile, right. we hired Barry Odom, and everybody's sitting there giving him a stink eye. Like, who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he was a Missouri fan for more than five years. Your optimism level goes down to zero. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. That's probably you what it hire is. Nick Saban, and I tell you, hey, he'll fuck this job up. <laughs> yeah, they lack a healthy amount of skepticism that we yeah. have long since acquired. I, I, I want to. I hate every child that's been born in the last twelve months just because they'll never know a world as a Chiefs fan without Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good reason to hate children. Yeah. <laughs> I've got lots of them, but that's the top of the list right sh- now. I'm going to show Colin when we go upstairs. I hung a Brody Croyle poster in my kid's room just to make him look at that fucker. Yeah, no. that's good. That's good teaching sh- character. Yeah, show yeah. him what a loss looks like. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. just make him a Mizzou fan. You won't have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just have him root for the same team his dad does. Mm-hmm. Is that it for us, Caleb? That's all that's on the schedule. That'll do it for Around the Horn. So, guys, it's time for the awards segment of the show, and the first one is the TJ Mo Douche of the Week. Douche of the Week. You got candidates for this one? We usually struggle. You know, of course, TJ, boy, he's out there out front, really making a strong case to beat, win his own award yet again. Yeah, he does that. He's He's been a big homer for Barry Odom out of the gate, and, he's, and to his credit, I guess, no matter how bad things are for Barry Odom, he still just completely beats well, that drum. And my thing he doesn't is it's waver. Not, that he, not that he supports Barry Odom. That's fine. It's the fact that he calls basically everyone else who doesn't a fucking idiot. Because you know, they didn't like, it's play. It's okay for other people to disagree with that opinion, TJ. It's not if they weren't a slot receiver in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I think he's always a good candidate. Uh, I was going to say the officiating crew for the SEC for the targeting penalty to Devin White at the LSU game. Uh, oh, did you see the governor even tweeting about that? <laughs> I did. And by God, I'm glad about it because that was the biggest horse shit call. And I'm a Missouri fan. I know horse shit calls. That was, well, to, LSU's yeah, got fucked because that guy's out for the first half of the Alabama game now for not targeting. I know everybody's got this situation where they think, you know, I don't complain about the officials. The officials are doing their best or whatever, but I really am starting to feel like the SEC has an officials problem. You know what I mean? Like I have watched a lot of Mizzou games. And several other SEC games this year. And there are questionable calls, even when utilizing replay, several times a game in every game. It's yeah. like every official is a, like when we used to play basketball at Kansas. 
Every official in the uh, SEC is terrible. All the calls go the wrong way. Well, what gets me is most of these calls are reviewed, and the reviewer fucks them up. You know, the re- that's what I'm saying. Like the re- yeah. they can't even get it right with reviews. Like the SEC has a problem. They have an officiating problem. Very much so. And I mean, I wasn't in love with Big Twelve officiating, but my God, this is fucking horrendous. Honestly, it's nice to see it go somewhere else besides just Mizzou. Maybe the officials were a little confused because LSU are also the Tigers, so they decided they'd fuck them right up the asshole. Well, and here's the problem with rules like targeting is and having them be sort of discretionary and beyond definition. You know what I mean? Like is that you leave it to just the, the complete discretion of the officials to make terrible, terrible calls. And they, they do this with the, the NFL did this with the, uh, what, with the catch, you know, mm-hmm. making an official catch with a football move and like, but these sort of muddled rules that don't really have a, uh, concrete like definition. It just puts the officials in a really bad situation because most of them are, you know, based on my experience watching football are idiots. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you give them an opportunity to make a discretionary decision rather than a decision based completely on rules, then they make a terrible decision. Yeah. Well, are you guys comfortable calling the SEC officials who called targeting on a guy who didn't even touch a helmet? I'm going to, uh, who's in charge of the officials? Well, it's the SEC conference. I mean, well, then I, 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 I say we do the SEC conferences to do shit of the week. Okay. Well, let's give it to the commissioner. Not making these guys do their jobs. Yeah, I mean, well, well, here's the thing that I think about it. It was a terrible call. It's been mocked relentlessly all across college football. The guy got sat out in the second half of the of that game, and he's scheduled to miss the first half of the Alabama-LSU game because of the targeting rule. I think there's no reason why they can't say, we fucked up, reverse it, you set out, you got the penalty, they lost the yardage, but we're going to end it there, and the kid can play. That's why the SEC conference is the douche of the week. It's because they won't do that. They'll never backtrack. Like, there's no accountability for these awful calls. There's no, you know, the official doesn't have to worry about being kind of shown up by the by the conference. They don't get fined or anything. They get a grade. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, nobody gets fined. There's no consequences. So where's the motivation to do your job well? All you do is show up and get a paycheck, no matter how badly you do that job. You should be fired. Yeah. Well, let's give it to Greg Sankey, commissioner of the SEC, for not reversing the call in the midweek. Okay. All right. So then I think this is going to be an easy one this week, fellas. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. Kirk Farmer's Hair is glorious. Whose performance on the field was glorious? Boy, I really like that that uh, young Jalen Knox child, that little baby receiver we've got who's a freshman wearing Jeremy Macklin's old number. I sure like him. I am happy to see him, too, especially with Emmanuel Hall being out. I mean, there's been talk I've heard of Emmanuel Hall being red-shirted, medical red-shirt this year because he's yeah. still ailing from that groin injury. I don't know anything about groin injuries. I mean, frankly, my groin's been underused, if you ask me, <laughs> in, in the course of my life, yeah. but... It seems like an awful long time to heal up from that. Of course, Alberto was a uh, dominant force in this game. He had, what, three touchdowns? He was the uh, dominant force in this game. There's no question in my mind. Uh, Drew Locke, of course, is the one throwing that, that ball to these guys. Mm-hmm. But I've decided I'm never giving Drew Locke a player of the game award again unless he does it against a Power 5 opponent. No, I think that's a fair pick. I think Alberto catching most of those balls, getting three touchdowns, and doing it in front of Kellen Winslow, who was there to be honored at halftime for the Liberty Bowl yep. game in 1978. Uh, he may th- adopt Alberto since his fucking kid's a rapist. Yeah, I've never I been happier not to get a true son. Do you know what I mean? Like oh. not pick up that recruitment, a legacy recruit. Yeah. yeah. I remember I, when it was happening. I was like, oh, man, I wish we could get Kellen Jr. Yeah, and now I'm like, boy, I'm sure glad we didn't get Kellen the rapist Jr. Yeah, he's uh, raping 65-year-old <laughs> ladies. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, you know, you know, old lady rape is something that can really distract a guy. Yeah, it's true enough. So anyway, yeah, Albert O was fantastic. Uh, Drew Locke threw the balls, but I agree with your policy, Colin. And until Drew, Drew Locke does it against somebody good, what about if 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 Drew Locke were to beat Kentucky with his arm, number fourteen Kentucky, would you make well, him? Good, a, it's a Eligible. Top 15 opponent, an SEC opponent, a uh, Power 5 opponent. I'm much happier about giving him that award in that game. Yeah, me too. But I don't no, – no more Delaware State Kirk Farmer's hair player of the games for Drew Locke. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Caleb, you got any thoughts on that or complaints? No, it's fine. All right, Albert O, you're a player of the game. So that'll do it, boys. We did it from afar, a distant internet version of the podcast. Well, it's it's easier this way. I don't know if uh, people know this, but me and Caleb live together. Uh, we ride around a bicycle made for two. You know, you'll see us around. I think let's circle that conversation back to the uh, 55-gallon drum of lube in the basement. <laughs> well, well, those butt plugs attached to that bicycle. Right. <laughs> That's just smart. <laughs> Caleb, I've told you enough to talk about that. We yeah. don't have the patent yet. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> patent pending. Yeah. Patent pending, patent pending, patent pending. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we'll have a midweek show for you with the Kentucky game around the corner. It could be just a day or two away, another Mazodcast for you. But uh, we're feeling a little bit more upbeat, cautiously optimistic, ready to have our asses pounded again, as we seem to do every other week as a Missouri fan. But yep. uh, till then, guys, M-I-Z. D-O-U. Go Tigers! Or a butthole, they tell you that it's supposed to just poop out stuff. Well, you can put stuff in it, too. <laughs> Yay.